Everybody okay this morning? Amen. I'm know some good worship this morning. Amen. Some great, great worship this morning. Amen. If you have your Bible, turn me to 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. I want to minister this morning on uh, I'm okay with it. Tell anybody, I'm okay with it. You know, a lot of times we use that statement, I'm okay with it, when a lot of times it's not going to hurt us, affect us, or rob us. If it's going to take from us, sometimes we're not okay with it. Somebody wants a piece of your cake, no, I'm not okay with it. No, 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 no. You already had yours. You know, so you're eating your food. I never forget me and my wife. Remember baby, when we were dating? Hallelujah. No, she don't remember. We were dating. This is, this is about 20 years ago. Amen. We were dating, and, and we went out to eat. We already been dating for about a year, and we were dating, and we went out to eat. I never forgot it. We went to McDonald's. Hallelujah. And she, 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 she ordered. Uh, she asked me if I was hungry. I said, no, I wasn't hungry. I wasn't hungry because I, I wasn't hungry, but, you know, when food's in front of you, sometimes you're okay with it. I wasn't hungry. I was, go ahead and get some. So I took her and got her a filet fish. I never forgot it. Filet fish, extra sauce. I got her the fries and laid it right there. And uh, she was eating, and I got started eating her fries, and her eyes went up at me. Hallelujah. Because when we, when we ate, when we were dating, when we ate, she never touched her food. She always gave it to me. So, I'll, you know, you know what it is, guys. Amen. When you're dating, girls don't eat in front of you until you get married, and it's a whole different sermon. <laughs> and so I started picking up the fries. She picks her eyes up at me like, hello. And then I asked her for a bite of her filet fish And I was, she looked at me. She said, you said you weren't hungry. I said, can I, well, can I have a bite? She looked at me. And she said, you know, here, take it all. You can just have it. I just wanted a bite. <laughs> but she wasn't okay with it. But until we got married, she was okay with anything. Don't mind. We could share food and she let's go half with everything. But she had to learn to become okay with it. Because why? Because to me, I w- it was okay to me. Listen carefully. But I wasn't thinking. I was thinking about me, not about her. You don't hear me though. I was being selfish, taking from her. When, it, when I had said I didn't want, until she learned to understand, even in my selfishness, she had to be okay with it. Oh, amen. it and, and come on, and even in my selfishness, she had to learn to be okay. And that, and that enhanced her. And it showed me, man, I had to learn to stop being selfish. I'm about to show you something about King David in a way you've never seen it before. Hopefully. If not, praise God. But here, here, here is Saul. Here's Saul. Saul is king. He's reigning. He's doing what he does. He, and he's doing what he thinks is right. And all this stuff is taking place. He does something that he was not supposed to do. He, they told him, go and kill all the Amalekites. He does not do what he was supposed to do. He goes and he holds back the king. And he holds back the best of the land. And they had told him, destroy everything. Because of what they have done to the people of Israel. Have they have done amen to the people. And he says we need to destroy them. Because if not later on it's going to come back to you and bite you. So he does not. And he brings them back. And he brings the king. And he brings, he brings all the people. And the, 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 the prophet here saying my God what did you do? You're a king. And you're supposed to take care of all what you were supposed to do. You're supposed to follow orders from God. He does not do that. The king kills, the, the prophet kills the king. Let me give you the story before we get into it. He kills the king. Not Saul. He kills the other Hagar. And he kills him. Now listen carefully, church. And he tells him, God is taking from you, ripping everything away from you, man, because you didn't pay attention. 
Now, I want you to look at really quick at chapter 6, and we go on to David's going to be anointed. God tells, Saul, God tells Samuel these words. He says, now the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil, and I'll go, and I'm sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. Mm. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, take a heifer, hello somebody, with you. And he said, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Mm. Then he invited Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint for me one I name to you. Father, we thank you this morning. God, I pray that you would move in the power of the Holy Ghost and the anointing of God. You would speak to us, O God, and help us to understand your word in Jesus' name. And everybody says... Amen. You see, here we even use that statement easily also. I'm going to use that statement. They're going to kill me. She's going to kill me if I do that. I'm going to use that statement. I'm going to kill me if I use that. And there's something we use lightly, something we use. And here, here he was using it very in a term that he, they're going to get killed. It wasn't just in a layman term. It, it was, a, it was a, a word that it was, it was going to be, hey, he will die for what he was going to do. But he had to look past that. And he had to learn to be okay that God was going to do something new. He had to be okay that God wanted to do something great in men and women of God. Come on, somebody. He had to learn to be okay that God was going to raise, amen, preachers and teachers. He had to be okay that God was going to raise a king. He had to be okay with it. See, in the midst of the church, God's going to let men and women of God that said, God, use my life. I want to do something for you, Lord. Lord, use me. God said, okay. I, the leaders and the workers in the church has to be okay with it. We cannot say, no, it's only us four no more. It can't be like, you know, it's only us, our club, you know, the, you know, the, the Bear String Club. It's only us. No, no, no. It, it's got to be more than just us. And God says, God is telling the man of God here, I need you to go and I need you to do this. I need you to do this. And he, 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 it was hard for him to do it. It was hard for him to see past King Saul. But God had to put something in his heart. See, God knows our heart, church. See, God knows our heart. He knows what's in our heart. He knows what we put in it. He knows what we take from it. He knows, amen, sometimes when, when something's wrong with it. He knows when we have created it to be judgmental. You know, when we, we created it to be forgiving. He, he knows all this about us. He knows the heart. The heart, amen, is the innermost part of our lives. And in our heart are hidden things. Do you know that? In our heart, sometimes we want to kill the people we love and love the people that we love. Sometimes I, I kill you, amen. And sometimes I love you. And sometimes I'm out of here. Sometimes I'm coming. Sometimes I'm going. We, our heart is crazy. That's why the Lord says, who shall know the heart of I? Because he knows that our heart sometimes gets weird. See, but he, there was a man and he knew that was a man after his own heart. And he knew that his heart was given to the Lord. See, it's something when you give your heart to God. It's something when you give your life to the Lord. Amen. I remember 23 years ago when I gave my life to the Lord. It was the greatest experience of my life. I've never experienced nothing greater than that. I've never experienced something, uh, not, not having my first kid, not getting married. None of that was never compared to the first experience that I had with the Lord. Come on, somebody. I, that, that was a life-changing. I felt the joy of the Lord. I felt, I felt something great. I started seeing things different. Every like, whoa, I didn't even know they had. Remember, I started, there was a church in every corner. I never, never knew it until I got saved. I didn't even know about church. When I got saved, all of a sudden I started, went home and I said, my God, there's a church there, there's a church there. My God, there's a church. My God. Because I was so blinded. 
And I couldn't see nothing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And when I got saved, my eyes opened up. And I was able to see things different and be different. Everything started changing. My life started changing. Amen. Everything started, that was the best experience of my life. My heart began to, began to evolve and begin to grow. See, I don't have the same heart I had 23 years ago. Now, if you've been saved, amen, for a couple years, you still have the same heart, something's wrong with you. And God's not okay with it. Amen. I tell people it takes time to make a man of God, but it shouldn't take forever. It takes time to make a woman of God, but it shouldn't take forever. And some people are living on forever. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Amen. The Bible says, the Bible says, come as you are, but don't stay like that. Come on, somebody. Amen. I like, I like when you guys know what I'm talking about. Amen. Church, I'm, I'm, I'm excited this morning. Why? It's because I know God has something great for all of you. Come on, I know God has something great for all of you. And the greatest thing you have to understand, I'm okay with it. My wife's okay with it. God's okay with it. So you need to be okay with it. Tell you, I'm okay with it. I need to get that stuck inside you this morning for you can understand that so we can be able to help people. Help where we can just reach out and love on people like never before. Amen. Amen. Listen, listen carefully. Let's move on really quick. Here, here he's telling him, he says, he goes, he goes on verse 3, he says, Then invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you shall do. You shall anoint for me the one I name to you. He says, so Saul did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, do you come peacefully? <laughs> they were afraid because they already knew when the prophet would come, he would bring a word. And a lot of times it's a word of judgment. It was a word he would blow, pull everybody's covers. Come on, somebody. How many know when you, sometimes you come to church, got to pull your covers? I know he's pulled my covers. And some big covers, Hallelujah. And I had to hold on to him sometimes. But he, he would come in. And so there you come in. He, they want to know, are you coming peacefully? Because they were ready to get ready to do something or, or to run or do something. But he says, he says no, I'll come peacefully. And, and, and so listen carefully, church. And, 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 I, and this is what I want to hit right here. Are you going to this morning? And he said, peacefully, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Sanctify yourself and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he Unserated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So it was when they came that he looked at them and said, Surely the Lord anointed, anointed is before him. Now look at verse 7 really quickly. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look. Do not look. Let me stop right there for a second. He tells them, I'm coming here peacefully. And I'm coming to sacrifice. I'm going to do what needs to be done. We're going to do what is asked of the priestly duties and do what needs to be done according to the law, according to what is written. We're going to do these things. And so what happens, listen carefully, church, what happens, Jesse brings his sons. He brings his sons, but he does not bring one son. And he brings all his other sons and he leaves one out in the field. We'll get into that right now. Because why? Because the father was not okay with bringing the son that's shepherding his sheep that's taking care of business to the front line because it was going to cost him. Because their livelihood depended on shepherding. 
And shepherds, it's a unique job. It's a, it's the, the shepherds back then, they knew the voice of the shepherd. God was preparing David to be a shepherd before he was even a shepherd in the stature of a king. He was preparing them. Some of you are being prepared right now without even knowing it. Some of you guys are being prepared for your ministry, for your call, for the vision in your life, and you don't even know it yet. Come on, somebody. I call it the karate kid syndrome. When he thought he was just washing cars and painting, all of a sudden, watch that, wax on, wax on. He was being prepared by God. God was setting him apart even when his own father forgot about him. Sometimes you'll feel like God forgotten about you, but God hasn't forgotten about you. You're being set for a reason. You're being there for a season. And, and, and all of a sudden, this thing carefully what happens. He says, uh, the Lord has, uh, the Lord's going to anoint somebody. He says, man, the anointing, there's one of these guys right here, I anointed. So all of a sudden, God says this, but the Lord said, don't look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord says, look at the heart. Someone say the heart. The heart. You see, a couple of days ago, hey man, I'm going to share with you what happened with the worship team. That you got to understand what I'm doing. What happened with the worship team a couple of days ago is that they were doing worship, doing stuff, but one of the guys had to go to a family retreat. Uh, family reunion, one of those things. He had to go. So then they had another kid that was going to take care of it, but he had an operation. So we had no guitar player. But we had no guitar player. We had two drummers. We had a, two place players, but no guitar player to do worship because the two were down. In the house was a guitar player in my house. I didn't even pay attention to her. They didn't even think about her. I was like, my God, what the heck am I going to do? You don't hear me, though. You don't hear me. You don't hear me. I, I, was, I didn't even think about it. She was the last thought in my mind because I was, I was not paying attention to the heart. All of a sudden, my wife told me, so let's play the guitar. Oh, yeah. Play the guitar. So they came. The worship team came. And, and, uh, Amber came with your game. They were trying to get her to understand the, the strumming, but she strums different. She don't strum normally like, you know, she strums different. She has her own style. And they couldn't change her style. So I told you, you know what? We'll just, just have her do worship. So just have her do worship. I don't want to change. I don't want to ruin her style. I don't want to ruin the gift. So you just a gift in you. I don't want to ruin your gift. And so I had to say, okay, Lord, what do I do? What do I do? Now I have someone who can play. She didn't have, never played before like that. She's never done it before a church like this. She's never, you know, she's burned on she's shy before, you know, two people. With hundreds is different. So I, what do I do? I said, I pray for her, anointed her. She says, Mija, you're anointed, you're going to have to do it. Go for it. <laughs> what, I, what else am I supposed to do? <laughs> and I look back then when we started doing worship, people, people on leading worship. Amber was one leading worship by herself with the CD. All of a sudden, we started anointed. We anointed, we anointed CJ. We anointed Joe, we, uh, Ray. And, uh, and all these guys just prayed for him. Uh, Lawrence, when he was a worship. All, all these guys were doing worship, and they just did it. It was, it was nothing. Just, they just, just did it. So when you just do what God called you to do, you'll be amazed what you can do. But you got to be okay with it. 
Be okay that God has called you. And stop trying to hear from God. I'm waiting to God to speak to me. Shut up. <laughs> Who does God use? But some people are so stubborn. I'm still waiting for God. He hasn't spoke to me yet. And there's preaching going out. The word of God's going out. Singing is going out. But you have to be okay with it. Say, say I'm okay with it. Mm, mm-mm. So here Samuel had to be okay with it. Because if he wasn't okay with it, we're going to have a next king. And this king was going to be the greatest king ever. The greatest king ever of all Israel. There never came one like this again. Come on, somebody. Mm, mm-mm. So you're the only one that can do your job. Nobody else can do You're the... Mm. You're the only one that can do your call. You're the only one that can do what God called you. You're the only one. And if you don't do it, well, you missed out. Come on, somebody, you missed out. And, and I don't know about you, I don't like missing out on a good thing. Amen. Here we go on really quick. And we get sitting. We're almost done, church. We're almost done. Two more hours and we'll be done. Don't worry about it. We'll be done. I'm just kidding. I'm not a long-winded preacher. Listen carefully. It goes on in verse 8. says, so Jesse called... And made him pass before him, Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chose this one. He goes, all the brothers go back. The next brother goes, the next brother goes. And no, 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 no. Look at verse 12. So he went and brought him. Now he was, oh, excuse me, let me jump to verse 11. I went too far, sorry. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all your young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest. Now listen here, the youngest. And there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit. Listen carefully. We will not sit. Mm-mm. Or they would just turn away or leave. We're going to stay here. You want to stay here. We're going to wait for him till he comes here. See, this is a picture. Here's a beautiful picture right here, guys, that God is waiting for you. God is waiting for you. God's waiting for you to understand that he's calling you. He went out and he called the shepherd boy. He sent for the shepherd boy and he came. And when to, he waiting till they come. God is standing and sitting and waiting for you. He's been calling out to you. He said, preacher, come preacher. Teacher, come teacher. Come leader. Come man of God. Come woman of God. Come fulfill your ministry. Come and do your call. Come and do what I called you to do. Get to the place where you belong. Because he's waiting for you. He's waiting for you. He's waiting for what? He's waiting to anoint you, to appoint you, to prepare you, to get you ready for something greater. Amen. And all of a sudden, you see here, here, here is, here is Jesse, and he sends them all out. Now listen carefully. So he went and brought him. Now he was rudy, rude and bright eyes and good looking. Wow, praise the Lord, my son. Thank you, Jesus. And the Lord said, Arise. Anoint him, for this is the one. When he came, church, he comes and he stands before him. And God speaks to the man and God says, that's the guy. That's the one. That's the one that I'm going to anoint. That's the one God has ready to rule the kingdom. That's the one I'm lifting up. That's the one I'm preparing to take care of everything. Come on, somebody. That, that, that's the one. That's the one. That's the one. 
Now he goes on, he says, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of the brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Now listen carefully, I'm about to tell you right now. You know what David did after he was anointed? He went back to the shepherd field. He didn't go straight to the kingdom. Oh, you, don't, you, don't, you, don't, you don't hear me, you don't, you don't hear me though, man. My right, God. Listen, I'm going to tell you. You know I'm healed now. Listen, I'm about to tell you. Keep standing up really quick, Slim. God brings him. He says, you're the man, man. Look at you. You're, 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 Rudy, look at that nice eye. Look at that, that handsome looking guy right here. He says, all right. He, he, he came and the prophet comes in and he anoints him. Puts oil all over him, pouring oil all over him. He ain't cooking him, he ain't baking him. He's putting oil on him. And he put all over him and, and he, you know, pouring the oil all over him and he's drenching him. And he prays for him and does what he does. And he goes back and says, God has something great for you, man. And he goes back and does the same thing he's going to do now. He's going to go sit down. But everything he was doing before, he goes back and does. It don't go to his head. I got a prophecy. God's going to use me. They said that I'm going to become the pastor. My God, uh, you know, he didn't do nothing. Uh, I'm a leader now. Pray. You don't hear me, though. You, you want to clap, clap, or don't clap. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. He goes and does this. I never forget it when I started preaching. I never forget it. I was 19 years old when I started preaching. Now I'm going to be 40-something. Amen. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and I was 19 when I started preaching. I'll never forget it. The first day I preached. i never forget it. I preached for 15 minutes. Altar call was like 40 minutes. I preached, on the, I preached on the call of God. And I got done. The pastor told me, hey, the toilets are, are clogged. Okay, I'll go get somebody. He goes, no, that's your job. Oh, yeah, I forgot, huh? Pulled up my sleeves. <laughs> After preaching, I went back doing the very same thing I did next was, was clean the church, clean the toilets, I lived in the church. I lived in the church. Lived in the church for about a year. So when everybody left, after I got done preaching, I still had a vacuum for the night service. I had to put all the chairs in order. I had to prepare everything by myself. Nobody else. It was just me by myself. The home was in, in there, over there, and I just did it myself. I was doing everything myself. I never forgot it. I don't forget those days. That was college to me. That was my college, the men's home. All this, that was my college in the church, all that stuff. <laughs> learning, 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 learning. And, and, I, and I look back, and I said, my God, God was preparing me for something. I didn't get into that position until almost 15 years later, almost, eight, almost, almost 15 years later. But I'm telling you, God was preparing some for him great. The same way God's preparing you. Some of you, God has anointed you for something great. Maybe God's already putting you in that place. God's talked to you, spoke to you, but you're, now you're just sitting to get to that place. Come on, somebody. But you got, you got to understand... That in that place of God's calling you, I'm preparing, you're going to go through some stuff. And that's the part where most people get lost. Because I'm telling tell you, I wanted to run more times than I wanted to stay. Oh, my God, you don't hear me, though. Oh, Jesus, Lord, I could, if I, oh, my God. Hit after hit, and problem after problem, and oh, my God, I'm making myself look like an idiot. I, I can tell you that about myself. I don't know about you, but I know what I did to myself. 
I made myself look bad. I made myself look good. I made myself look bad again. Hallelujah. And I ruined it. Then I did wrong. Then I did right. Then I did wrong. Then I did wrong. Then I did wrong. Then I did right. And God said, but I still called you. But I still chosen you. I had a deal with me. See, God was, he was called to be king, but God was dealing to become king. I was called to be the man of God. I was called, but God was dealing with me, and God was preparing me. The same way God is preparing you and, and dealing with you. He, he, what you're going through is to make you better. What you're going through is to get you to your kingship, to your throne, to, your, to the seat where you belong. It's not to hurt you. It's not to make you bitter. It's to make you better. Tell your neighbor, God wants to make you better. And say, I'm okay with it. Come on, give the Lord a good clap offering. Amen. Now, let me go really quick. And he goes down, and this happens really quick. He, 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 after that happens, the kingly anointing was on him to become what God wanted him to be. But that door opened him, that door opened for him to go to the position in the palace, in the kingdom. So you got to open doors for you when you allow yourself to be used by him. Bible says that all of a sudden something happened here in verse 14. Then the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and a distressing spirit from the Lord troubled him. Here is the king now. Now the king is being bothered and going through all this stuff. Here is King Saul. He's going through all this stuff. Going through all these changes. And Saul's servant said to him, surely a distressing spirit from the God is troubling you. Let your master now command your servant who before you to seek out a man who is a skillful player on the harp and it shall be that he will play it with his hands and when the distressing spirit from God is upon you you shall be well then Saul said to his servants provide me now a man who can play with play well and bring him to me Mm -mm. now one of the servants answered and said look I'm okay with it because I have somebody here who can help you I have been I have seen a son of Jesse the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing a mighty man of valor, a man of war, a prudent in speech, and a handsome person, and the Lord is with him. Therefore Saul sent messenger to Jesse and said, send me your son David who is with the sheep. See, they knew where he was. God knows where you're at. Oh, you don't hear me. God knows where you're at in your walk. God knows you're at in your life. God knows you're at in your heart. See, we think we can hide from God, but we can't. Come on, God, God knows where we're at. God knows, and God knows, and to top it off, God knows your gift. God knows if you're sitting on your gift and not using your gift. God knows if you have allowed yourself to be part of everything, the kingdom, amen, if you're part of reaching and teaching and mending and saying, he knows. He knows the gift that's inside you. Here's a shepherd boy who's over there. Who's this guy that's in a kingdom? Listen, Karen, he's, he's speaking to the king. You don't hear me. You don't understand. Here's a guy who's talking to the king. He's talking to a king. Here is a shepherd boy in the sheep, out there with all the sheep, somewhere far distant, where nobody even, no, no, nobody knows his name. I sound like cheers. <laughs> Way over there, somewhere out there far. He says, well, I heard this guy who's anointed. I heard his music. I heard he gets down on the guitar. I heard he gets down with, the, with all this. I heard he gets down, man. 
He's a, he, and he's anointed. God, that man, I man, he is, he got, man, he's, he's a little rugged, but it's all right. And, and he, and he went church and, and they bring him out from the field into a palace. Brings him from the field to a palace. Closer to the throne. Closer to his calling. Closer to what God has for him. Closer, just, 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 I'm telling you, when he was there, he probably was his man, I wonder that's the seat I'm going to be on. Is that the throne, I'm, is that the crown I'm going to be using? He probably had these things going through his mind, because you know how we are. And, and so he, he's going through, I mean, going through all these changes, this is me, I think the Bible is me going, you know, because you know human nature how we are sometimes. Oh, I like that car, I want a car just like that. Oh, man, I want to dress just like that, I want high heels just like that, hello. And this thing that David says, so David came to Saul and stood before him, and he loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. David became Saul's armor bearer. But you know what happened? King Saul was not okay with it. And everything started going wrong. He was okay with it in the beginning when he was just a heart boy, a shepherd boy who was nobody who didn't intimidate him, who didn't bother him, who didn't take from him, but he started playing the harp for him. He went in the kingdom and started doing all this for him. All of a sudden, he goes and he fights and he's killing Goliath and he does all this stuff. And he brings... And all of a sudden, he goes and he starts sending them out to fight in his army, head of the armies. And when they come back, Listen carefully what the people are singing in his own house. Saul kills a thousand. David kills his what? All of a sudden, Saul wasn't okay with it no more. Because he was threatened in his ministry. He was threatened in his house. And all of a sudden, not okay with it. And all of a sudden, he gets mad and he, he looks at him. He says, you are my kingdom and all that stuff. But David was not seeking that. David was seeking who? The Lord. Because when you seek God, God will always lift you up. If you seek ministry, you're going to go, you're never going to move. But if you seek the Lord, God will exalt you. And all of a sudden, church, he throws an arrow and tries to kill him a spear. I'm not okay with it. And he runs. He takes off. He's running for his life. See, these are stages in your life that you will face. You will face some stuff when you're taking off running. And some guys will run, people will run, maybe because sometimes they don't even want to do the call of God, they'll run. I'll never forget, me and my wife, I'll never forget it. When I, we were, but right before we got married, I said, you know what, I'm out of here. I, packed, I picked her up, I said, you know what, I'm, I'm done with this, man. I got tired, you know when you're tired, you're tired. Anybody know what I'm talking about, no? Okay, just me, praise the Lord. I'm out of here. I put her in the car. Let's go. Let's get out of here. Where are we going to go? And I thank God because she, she was down. She was, you know, she was like, let's go. She jumped in the car. She said, let's go. She jumped in with me. We took off and we, we're, we're, we're taking off. We, 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 went out. we left La Puente. Hello, somebody. We went all the way down to the desert, got her down to the desert and, and got into my mom's house. And she goes, she goes where are we going to stay? Don't worry, we're going to stay. I'll take care of it. You know, people owe me money. I want to go text everybody. We'll take care of business. <laughs> so she's okay. She says, in the house with my mom. I walk in the house with my mom. And this is the first one. My mom goes, what are you doing here? 
well, you know, I just I come over because, you know, I'm just going to come stay over and do some stuff. He goes, no, you need to go back. God called you to be a pastor. You need to go back home. My mom wasn't saved. My mom was not saved, but she knew the knucklehead I was. She said, uh, my mom was crazy. Yes, mom. (laughs) She's crazy. She's be with the Lord. Thank God. She got saved. Amen. Before she she passed away. But she told me, you need to go back and God called you to be a pastor. Remember that? So we, we, we looked at each other and I looked, I got back in the car. I went back all the way over there, dropped her off, and no one ever knew we left. <laughs> no one ever knew we left. We didn't say nothing, talk about it, never talked about it. I think only a few years ago I started talking about it. Because I was like, wow, because why? Because you, you, sometimes you get up, and sometimes, thank God, I, I did a turnaround. Some people take a while to turn around, but it's okay. I'm okay with it. Woo, come on, somebody. My God. If you... If you can't get excited for that, then I don't know what's wrong with you. Come on, church. Woo! Church, he, 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 he starts going through these changes, and, he, and, he, and he, then it doesn't stop there. It gets worse. It gets worse for him. Now, he's going through all these, he, go, he even goes in a cave. He goes in a cave, and he's in a cave, and he does, he does all this crazy stuff. He takes a sword of Goliath, he eats the showbread, he does what he shouldn't be doing, he's doing all this crazy stuff. All these crazy, he's in the, the, with the Philistines being a a crazy man. He's all wild and all foaming at the mouth and all wild, crazy animal. But he was still called to be king. Oh, you don't hear me though. He was still called to be king, even though he was in his madness, even though he was going crazy, even though he's going through all these trips. I'm telling you, when he got back on his right mind, my God, God, people just started just clinging to him. Because when you're called, you're called. When God has something great for you, it doesn't tell you God, God's going God's to take care of you. Amen. Come on, God's going to take care of you. God's going to take care of you. God's going to take care of you. He goes and he gets back in. Now all of a sudden, Saul sees, after all the attempts to kill him, attempts to do all this stuff, I'm going to show you his last picture. Saul goes in and cuts a piece of his garment off of King Saul. And he grabs it, and it goes up. The next morning, they wake up, and David's right there seeing him from far off. And David's saying, oh, King Saul's saying all this stuff. And David shows him the piece of the garment that he took from him. That could have took your life. I was, in your, I, was with, I was right close to you. I could have killed you. And from that day, the Bible says that Saul left him and never followed him again. Pursued him again. Never pursued him again. Why? It's because Saul remembered when he ripped the garment of Samuel, he said, the kingdom will be ripped from you this day. The same way you ripped my garment, your kingdom will be ripped from you. So when he seen David, he seen David holding the kingdom. He seen David holding the kingdom. It was a little piece like this, and he was holding the kingdom in his hand. Just a little piece of cloth. Saul remembered. He said, my God, the kingdom is in David's hands. And he walked away. See, I want you to just get a glimpse this morning, just a little piece this morning, that God has called you and chosen you for such a time as this. This is, this is a now time. God says, I have something great for you, something mighty for you. I want you to stand with me this morning, church. Don't leave tonight 
without taking a piece of the garment. Don't leave this morning without taking a piece of the garment home with you this morning. Every eye closed and every head bowed this morning. You're here this morning, you're saying, Pastor, I've been going through all this stuff. I've been going, you're ministering to my heart. Stuff has happened to what's taking place. I want you to know, God doesn't want you to leave this place without taking something. Without taking something from you. Without leaving. Amen. Without something in your hand. I believe this morning that the altar is a place where you can take what belongs to you. To get back what the enemy tried to steal. To get back what he stole from you. It's time to take it back. And to say, today, I'm taking it back. I choose this morning to walk away with the kingdom in my hand. To leave this place different. To go back and to feel the call of God. The Bible says that he was anointed the third time. He was anointed three times in his life. And the third time he was anointed, he reigned and he ruled. The Bible says there was never a king like this because he was a man after God's own heart. Church, you're here this morning and you're saying, Pastor, I need, there's some things that I need to let go. I need to go before God. I need to just let go. And I need to grab a hold of the garment this morning. If that's you this morning, I want you to come. I want you to come right now. Don't, don't leave without taking a piece. Don't leave without grabbing a hold. And while you're up here this morning, I want you to take and grab a hold of what God has for you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Don't leave without taking a piece of the garment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because God is saying this morning, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I want you to be great. I want you to be mighty. I want you to fulfill your destiny and your call. I want you to be that great father, that great woman of God, that great mother. I want you to be that great wife, that great husband. I want you to be that great king, that great queen. I want you to do what God called you to do. Take. It's there. Take it. Take it this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Those around us, extend your hands as we help us pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, 